Continuing in the prayer life, uh, the Christian prayer life, I want to turn to Matthew chapter 6 this morning. There was a, there was a, a moment when Jesus was teaching and the, his disciples looked at him and said, hey, we want to pray like you do. We want to talk to the Father like you do, right? Isn't that what we really all want if you think about it? Who, who, does, who wouldn't want to pray like Jesus did? Who wouldn't want to talk to God the way Jesus did? Because obviously that's the best way, and obviously it was the most effective way. So maybe we, maybe we would want to know something about that. Uh, I'll, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you a quick uh, story, probably, it's, uh, probably not a true story, but it's a story that's been told plenty of times. There was a preacher that was having a revival at a church, and they had this big choir and all these voices singing in this choir, and they were singing real loud, and the church was singing real loud, and it was invitation time, and it was just it was loud, but it was great because everybody was worshiping, and invitation was extended. And a man came down the aisle, and he asked the preacher. The preacher went up and talked to him, and he said, uh, can you pray for my hearing? And so he put his hands on his ears, and he started praying for God to take care of that hearing. If you heard this, don't tell your neighbor now. So he asked the guy after he finished praying, he looks at the man, the preacher did, and he says, so how's your, how's your hearing? And he said, I won't know until Wednesday when I go to court. <laughs> we had to make sure we know what we're talking about <laughs> when we're talking to God, right? <laughs> it's important that we are on the right page with God. Uh, I got another one for you in a minute, but I'll get to that in just a moment. In verse 5 of chapter 6, it says, he says this answer to the question, how do we talk to God the way you do? In verse 5 of chapter 6 of Matthew, he says, And when you pray, uh, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. He says, I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. So first thing you need to do when investigating the best way to talk to God or the best way to approach God, the first thing you need to do is know what not to do. Wouldn't you agree? The be- I find that the best way to approach anything. First find out what not to do so that you don't inadvertently do those things that you shouldn't do. Right. I, I think I remember one time, um, I'll spare you the details, but I remember one time I was cooking on one of those uh, really inexpensive round grills that uh, young people can afford from uh, the local drugstore, right? We were cooking some hamburgers, and my dad was over there, and, and, and whatever. And it's got that grill. It's got the grate that goes on there, and it's like a pin holds it right in the middle, and it put it on top of the charcoal. And, you know, sometimes it doesn't get set all the way down, so I had already had the burgers on there, and everything's cooking. And I look, and it grills, like, just slightly sideways. It's not all the way in there. So I'm looking at the grill. I'm looking at it with my eyes, and everything in me, except for my brain apparently, says, don't touch that grill. But I reached down and put my finger right in the middle of it to push it down where it belongs. Guess what I was doing the rest of the night? Put my hand up in the air and I had a big bandage on it with ice on it because I burned a fool out of my finger because I did something I shouldn't do, knowing that I shouldn't do it. So what we shouldn't do is do things in a way that is simply to bring attention to ourselves. When it comes to prayer. Right? And there's a lot of different ways that this can happen. The religious leaders of the time, they would go out in the streets and they would 
pray out loud and do it all dramatically with big words and, and dressed in a way that would draw attention to them to show the world how righteous they were and how much they had it together compared to the rest of the world. Let's not be that way when we approach God. After all, how are, why are we approaching God in the first place? When, when you and I go to God in prayer, isn't it normally about something that we believe is important? Right? I mean, we wouldn't, we wouldn't take the time to pray about it if we didn't really think it was that important. Whether it's important to us, whether it's important to the church, whether it's important to people that are suffering somewhere, right? So why would we go to God in a way that, draw, that is intended to draw attention to self, to lift ourselves up to make everybody else believe something about ourselves that's not accurate. So in our prayer time, are we approaching God to be seen by men or are we approaching God to be heard by God? Question. If you'll see in Galatians chapter 1 and verse 10, it says, and and I now, am I now trying to win the approval of men or, or, or of God? Or am I trying to please men? If I were still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. He's referring to the, to the difference between before when he was living for himself and when he was living for Christ. When you're living for yourself, it's all about who can I impress with my life so that I can have the notoriety that I want to have. When you're living for Christ, it's all about honoring God and seeking the will of God. So wouldn't our prayer life reflect the fact that it's all about him? So I'm seeking God. I'm not seeking. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't pray out loud. It doesn't mean that our prayer time together here today is, is not appropriate. It doesn't mean that we can't stand up and say a prayer where people can hear it. It just means what is the motive in the heart with that prayer. We've all been around someone who, uh, for some reason, they speak uh, English the way we know it. But then when they start praying, they suddenly go into this fluent version of uh, the King James language. I don't think that I'm going to say that it's absolutely wrong or sinful, but at the same time, I don't talk that way, so why would I talk to God that way? Make sense? So something to think about, the motive of your heart. Why do I uh, put out this dramatic voice when I'm praying in front of people when I wouldn't do it when no one's around? But it's not. Maybe it's that person's personality. Maybe it's not. That person knows. You know. I know. I know where I'm at with God, and I know where my heart is when I'm talking to him. And the same is for you. So we need to evaluate that and make sure that we're not doing the wrong thing. So we know what not to do. All right? So then we go to the next slide, which is not working. <laughs> we go into the, a prayer that pleases God. Right? Verse 7. Look what it says in verse 7. Oh, by the way, don't forget the ones who uh, pray so that everyone will notice them. They get their reward in the end because what they're after is notoriety and, and attention. And they'll have it. God will always give you the desires of your heart. Keep that in mind, no matter what they are. If, you, if your desires are for sinful things, he'll turn you over to that because he's not going to force himself on you. All right. So be careful that our hearts are clean. So says, when you pray, go into your own room, verse 6, and close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will re reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. So 
Here's where the next story comes in, and this is a story that I have. I was told by another preacher, and the preachers, you know, we were we hang out and we tell stories and we talk about things that happen, right? And there was a preacher that told me that there was a, a man in his church. They were having a, some kind of a, a meal together, and somebody asked this man to pray over the meal. So everybody bowed their heads, and the man prayed over the meal. And there's there was a lady in the church, and I don't remember if it's that man's wife or if, if it's just another lady. Doesn't matter. The fact is, is she, every Everything that happened, she complained about. Everything. Doesn't matter what it was. The lights weren't bright enough. They were too low. The music was too loud. It wasn't soft. They didn't sing the song right. Hit the wrong note. Somebody didn't do this or somebody didn't do that. It was always a complaint with this person, this woman. And after the prayer was over and everybody started eating, she got up and walked over to the man who prayed. And she said, I didn't hear your prayer. You didn't pray loud enough. And he said, well, I wasn't talking to you. It's a story that I heard. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend being that uh, uh, blunt at all times, but at the same time, the fact is he was talking to God, right? If someone heard him, okay, but it doesn't, it's not necessary for everyone to hear the prayer for God to hear it. So God is saying, if you're talking to me, I want your full attention. I don't want you talking to everybody else while you're talking to me. You ever been on the phone with somebody who keeps talking to somebody else? Isn't that aggravating? And it's hard with mothers and children because it's not avoidable sometimes, right? But it happens. And when you're trying to get a conversation going with somebody and they're constantly talking to somebody else, it's, it's kind of hard. And sometimes even depending on the situation, it's a little bit disrespectful, isn't it? So why would we do that to God? I mean, the creator, the holy God, the one who sent Jesus to die for us, Right? I think we should put each other on hold and talk to God at times. So let's let's go privately. Let's talk to God in our hearts and let's seek the Lord uh, in, in between me and him and between you and him and between us and him when it comes time for, for corporate prayer, right? We don't need the whole world to know that we're on our knees praying. Look at us. We just need, God needs to know that we're trying to talk to him and, and he has our attention and we're focused on that conversation. So don't do anything outside of the, what's right in your heart. Because you will have your reward in the end, won't you? What is our reward for faithful prayer and for, for faithful service and for being faithful to being his and putting him as God, right? Our reward is the blessings of the kingdom of God. Knowing that God hears our prayers, knowing that the comfort of, of Christ and the peace that comes with that, all of it is there. But if we're just doing it, to raise ourselves up, then we'll have that reward. All right, so don't be like them. Don't do that. The pagans, they, they would pray to their God and they would just say things over and over and over and over and over. And their goal was to wear their gods out so that their God would just, they were trying to force their God to do something. Raise your hand if you think you're going to force God to do anything. I'm glad nobody raised their hand. All right. You will lose every time you try to manipulate God in any way. So please, please do not allow Satan to take you down that road into believing that you can pull one over on God. See, God already knows what your needs are. He already knows what the heart of the matter is, right? Says it right there in verse 8. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you even ask him. And that's why Jesus gave us this pattern to pray. 
This is a good prayer to say. Nothing wrong with saying this prayer that we find in uh, what we call the Lord's Prayer. There's nothing wrong at all with saying that as a prayer. But the intent of Jesus' teaching is that this is the, the model or the structure of your conversations with God. Every conversation you have, if you're not acknowledging these things, maybe even not in that order, but in these things, you're not acknowledging him, then you're not, it's not the most effective prayer. Will it still be heard? Probably. God hears everything. God's not going to ignore you just because you're not doing it just right. Don't get too uh, strict about that. Right? Just keep these things in mind. I want, the whole purpose of this message is so that we can evaluate and ask God to reveal some things that can be done better, that can be done different, and some things that are just right and great. It's about building ourselves up in Christ so that we can be who God wants us to be with his guidance and his help. So prayer that pleases God is not vain repetition. It's okay to say prayers that have repetition. Nothing wrong with that. It's about the the vainness of it. About trying to manipulate God or do something to make God do something. God already knows. Now, let's go through this list. First, in verse 9, our Father, what? This is then how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. We're recognizing God as our Father. We're recognizing his holiness. We're recognizing his, uh, we're having reverence for who he is and acknowledging that. If you're not living your life acknowledging who God is, then you've already missed this one. If you're not living your life in acknowledgement of our God, the holy God, the creator God, the master of all creation, then your prayer life is not going to reflect this either. The second thing. Prayer for the progress of the kingdom of God. He says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven in verse 10. Now ask yourself, is this what you really want? Is this the desire of your heart? Because God will give you the desire of your heart. Is it your desire that God's kingdom come and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven? If we are submitted to our our God and our Savior Jesus, we're committed to him and completely surrendered to that, and the Spirit of God is living in us, then our will is being conformed into God's will. The things that we want should look like the things that God wants more and more. So that when we pray, his will is our will. So that when we say what we want, it's exactly what he wants. Most, I think all of you have somebody you know that you want to be saved that's not saved. Do you think it's God's will that that person be saved? Sure. So appropriately ask God that they be saved. Ask God for opportunities. Your kingdom come. The kingdom of God is God himself and his reign in the world. And when you're saved and when you become a, a, belie- a baptized believer in Christ and you are uh, immersed by the spirit of God, you are part of that kingdom. And the prayer is that God's kingdom will continue to permeate the world and be presented to the world in his way, not ours, in his way. His will be done. Whatever your will is, Lord, I'm on board with that. Let's do it. Verse 11 says, give us today our daily bread. It's appropriate to ask for our physical needs and sometimes even our physical desires. It's not wrong. And not why? Because you ask not. Be prepared for the answer to be no sometimes because you don't know the will of God always, right? 
You don't know the plans of God. You don't know the workings of God always. Talked about that in Sunday school. Y'all are like, what? When did we talk about that? When the man is asleep, God might be doing something great. Remember that? Do not wake him up. God might be doing some great things. Read it. In the creation of Adam and Eve and, and when Adam was put to sleep and the woman came out as of the rib. And, yeah, go, go back to that study and you'll, you'll figure out what I mean. If you're not healthy, physically, mentally, and spiritually, you'll be distracted from working from the kingdom of God, for the kingdom of God. There's people right now on our prayer list that are sick physically, right? And they may, they may be a great witness of wherever they are and whatever they're doing in that sickness. But if God would bring them healing or if they were to get through this sickness, how much more would they be available to work for the kingdom of God? How much more will they be able to praise God for his greatness in their life? God doesn't always heal everything, does he? We can still, we can still praise him. We can still be his witness in that. Doesn't mean we should stop asking him to tend to our needs. Right? Because when, when we are sick, it's like, Lord, you can, if you would take this sickness away from me, that would be awesome. But Paul said, hey, I want this, I want this thorn in my side to go. I need it to go. It's, it's, it's like totally taking me off track here. And apparently the answer was no, because it never got taken away from him. And yet God still used him and he was still faithful. So either way, the answer to the prayer is that God's will be done. Verse 12. Forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. There's too many times that when people read scripture, when we read scripture, we kind of we tend to stop at half of it and don't read the rest of it. Or we pick out what we like because everybody likes the idea of being forgiven of offending a holy God, right? Because that's what sin is. You've offended, you intentionally offended God. And God has given us grace and forgiven us of those sins through Christ and his amazing blood on the cross. But it also says, as we also have forgiven our debtors. How often do we go to God in prayer? How often do we go to God and we talk about all the needs in life? We might even pray for the needs of others. We might even talk about the salvation or the health of the church or the plans at the church. We might even praise God about a bunch of things. But have we addressed the sin issue of the day in our lives? In that moment. Because here's the problem with sin. Is sin stands in between us and God. Unrepentant sin is what I'm talking about. Sin that we're living in currently. And refuse to repent. Refuse to accept the truth of God's word. So that we can continue to have what we want. And pretend like we can have our cake and eat it too. And the problem is. is Sin stands in the way of your prayer life. Because wickedness and sin. Cannot be in the presence of a holy God. That's the reason why it took the, the perfect, precious blood of Christ to cover that so you can be in his presence. The Bible says we can boldly approach God with confidence because of Christ and his sacrifice. So who are we to walk into the presence of this holy God knowing that we're guilty of something that we don't want, we don't want to give up and yet we expect all the blessings of God? And we just read that God knows your needs, right? He already knows what's going on. And if, and if somebody's living in unrepentant sin, the biggest need they have is repentance. 
and forgiveness. So why wouldn't you talk to God about that first? Because that's the only thing he cares about in that moment. He cares about everything else, but right then you have got to deal with that sin. Same, it's, it's, it's likened to, but not on the same scale, as you telling your children to go clean their room and then they want to come to you and ask to do something else and you don't want to talk to them about anything else till they do what you ask them to do. And they get mad because you don't want to talk to them about the thing that they want to do. But you haven't seen a result from the instructions. You have been given grace. We have been given grace by God that we didn't deserve. How dare we approach him in our sin and expect things from him? See? You want your prayers to be powerful? You want them to be effective? You want to know that your relationship with God is running on all cylinders? Every time we talk to him, even if you don't know, even if you're not aware, God, if there's something standing between me and you today, please reveal it to me so I can get rid of it with your help, of course. That's the prayer that honors God. Because once we deal with that, then it's like, okay, now I want to go out and I want to, I want to work for you. I want to do the will of your kingdom and I want to go and serve others. By the way, my toe hurts. Can you help me with that? By the way, I got this splitting headache that won't go. Whatever, whatever it is, God wants to deal with it. He wants to help you with it. Even if he doesn't take it, he's going to give you what you need to, to get through it and persevere. But he can't do it if we live in sin. You cannot be a Christian and live in sin. You can't do it. That's why it's, then it goes on in verse 13. He says, lead us not into temptation so that we don't have this problem in the first place. If, you, if we think that we could deal with sin on our own, we wouldn't need Jesus, would we? We need help from God to stay away from the things that are sinful. That's what the Spirit of God does. He taps you on the shoulder just before you give in to temptation. He's like, uh, that's not who we are. We're not doing that. And you can either listen or not listen. That's why, that's why I, uh, I, I, don't, I think it's, I think it's a... I think it's a cop-out when we say, uh, I didn't mean to do it, or the devil made me do it. No, when we sin, we choose what we like over our God. That's what sin is. That's why it's such a... Satan presents temptation as something you enjoy, something you like. I have never been tempted by something that's turned my stomach, ever. You agree? Satan will put a master shine on an apple in a heartbeat, and you can see your reflection in it flavor dripping off of it it looks so delicious but once you take a bite of it it's sour and it's nasty and you want to spit it out and it's making you sick to your stomach and then he turns to God and starts blaming you for not loving him that's what temptation is all about the good thing is Jesus died and we have forgiveness for all of that and God's got the perfect remedy for that nasty taste of sin in your mouth he can make it go away and then it says, deliver us, verse 13, deliver us from the evil one. Those who are living in sin and refuse to repent, they're, they're like POWs in the spiritual realm. And our job is to go into the world of sin, not be a part of it, but be in it for the sake of telling these POWs that they don't have to be prisoners of Satan anymore. Because they've been set free. That's the, that's the mission. To go into the world and tell people that they do not have to live the way they're living in rebelliousness against this holy God of ours. 
Does that make sense to y'all? That's the mission. So we love them until, and, and they're not going to believe you because they don't realize they're in sin and they don't realize they are captive to that. Sometimes we don't realize it ourselves, yet we come to church every Sunday and we're captive to whatever sin we've refused to repent of. This prayer is acknowledging God for who he is, acknowledging God's kingdom for what, he, what it's about and being a part of it and, and, and admitting that we need Jesus and God's help to live in that kingdom. Because if we could say no to sin every time, we would not need Jesus. Right? Praise God for his grace. And I pray that you all will have more prayer time with God, that you don't have to have these uh, uh, times of repentance than the times you do. It's going to happen. Right? You can take comfort that every time you go to God, you can say to God, you know what? I messed up. And I know it, and I'm sorry. I need your help to not be that way. Last but not least, let me put it this. Let me let me close with this right here. Fourteen to fifteen says this: For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Praise the Lord, Hallelujah. We all love that part. Most people stop reading right there. All right, I want y'all to think about this. I'm not challenging anybody. I'm reading you the scripture, and I'm going to let the scripture do what it says. It says, "But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive you of your sins." And if you're not forgiven, you cannot be in the presence of God. That is as cut and dry as I can find it in the scripture. Jesus says, if you cannot forgive other people, then you will not be forgiven. And it's not because God doesn't love you, and it's not because God doesn't want to forgive you. Because God has a way of doing things, and it's his way or no way. Because he's God. Make sense to y'all? So when you go into your prayer time, if you have something against a brother then maybe you should uh, ask God to help you get rid of that so that you might be, uh, find yourself in the favor of the Lord. Make sense? Now, do not understand that I'm saying that we have to get it all together before we go to God. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying throw yourself at the mercy of the court. I'm saying go into the presence of God and throw yourself on your face and say, God, I'm right here and this is all of me and be honest with him. And help me honor you. That's the Christian prayer life. Right? James says, The prayer of a righteous man availeth much. We talked about that last week. A righteous man is one who admits to God his sin, admits to God his struggles, and is honest with himself and God, and is real, and realizes that he needs Jesus, he or she. Right? And it all goes back to what, don't be afraid to admit that in front of people. Not that you have to tell all your sins to people, but some people don't get saved because they're afraid to stand up in front of somebody and say, I believe that Jesus is a Christ and I'm sinned and I need help. <laughs> That's what salvation is. We've all seen, everybody in this room is in the same boat. And if you're living in sin and you're not, you're not saved, today's the day. Just stand up and say it. We all love you. God loves you and he knows it. Let's just do it. And if you've already been saved and for some reason you're holding on to something that you don't want to give up that you know doesn't honor God, I pray that you'll get rid of that today too. We're going to sing today and we're going to, we're going to pray in our, sing, in our singing. As we sing, we're going to lift our hearts up to the Lord and ask him to reveal the things that need to go and praise him for the things that are awesome.